Oh, praise God. Now, in part of that, it's interesting that that's the last song because uh, I want to talk about something that hinders a lot of people from moving into that place of giving yourself wholly, giving yourself completely. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Very popular scripture. I talked a little bit about this topic last week, touched on it. I felt like I needed to go a little bit deeper in it today. Today I want to briefly talk about how to eliminate fear in your life. How to eliminate fear in your life. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7 together. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, how many of you know fear is tormenting and it will paralyze you in your life? The Bible says in 1 John 4.18 that there is torment in fear. Now the Bible talks about different kinds of fear. There's, there's fear, uh, which is the tormenting kind. And then there's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord means a reverence for the Lord, right? They're, they're different. We're, we're, we're not to be fearful and torment toward the Lord. We're supposed to reverence the Lord, right? But fear, what I want to talk about today is the tormenting kind. The paralyzing kind. The whole purpose of fear, especially in the life of a Christian, is to steal your faith, your hope, and your joy in God's word and in your relationship with God. Think about this. I wrote this down and, and the Holy Spirit gave this to me. Listen to this. Fear is a magnifying glass that will try to make your problem seem bigger than God. Is that not true? Fear is very deceptive. In, in fact, fear, an acronym, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Have you ever heard that before? False evidence appearing real. It's a magnifying glass from the devil to try to make that circumstance, that situation look bigger than what God has promised in his word. So fear, obviously, is an enemy to the Christian. It's meant to deceive you by trying to exalt itself. Exalt that problem against the knowledge of God and, like I said, against the promises of God. Fear always tries to undermine and take away from the Word of God. Don't ever forget that. That's, that's the point of it right there. It always tries to undermine, exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Now, when you and I are faced with a trial or a circumstance in life, we have some choices to make, don't we? We have a choice to make. Will we stand on God's promises and trust in Him to bring us through the trial? Or are we going to allow fear to have the upper hand in our life? It's our choice. We have a will in the matter. And listen to this. The cure for fear cannot and will not be found in the natural realm. It will not, you will not find the cure in natural things. Money won't even bring that cure. Has anyone found that out by now? Things in the natural will only temporarily mask the problem. It will never remove the root of fear. How many of you know fear has a root? And like I said last week, a root always bears fruit. Right? And, and so there, there's many different kinds of fruit that fear can produce. But fear, what I want to get across here, is that fear is a spiritual problem, and it demands a spiritual solution. All right, now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Wasn't that great praise and worship this morning? 
I thought the roof was going to pop off of this building today. I felt good. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh, or in the natural realm, we do not war according to the flesh, or natural realm. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. How many of you figured out that fear is a stronghold? It will keep you bound up. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought. Say every thought. thought. How many of you know throughout the course of a day, there's a lot of thoughts that come into your mind. A lot of thoughts that will try to steal your joy. A lot of thoughts that will try to steal your peace. A lot of joy that will try to pull you away from God. Amen? It says bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. And you can't do that on your own. You need the Holy Spirit to help you with that. Verse 6, and being ready to punish all disobedience for for your obedience is fulfilled. Now, we are in a spiritual battle on this earth. We are in a spiritual battle. And I will go as far to say that everything that takes place in the natural has a spiritual fruit. Does not the Bible say you reap what you sow? Amen. I mean, everything in the natural has a spiritual fruit. Uh, a spiritual root because listen i said this many times before that we as humans are first of all spirit beings we we are a spirit being we possess a soul mind will and emotions and we live in a physical body you're not going to take this physical body to heaven with you when you pass away your spirit man is going to go to heaven are you hearing me all right so so but here's the problem now humanism has taken the hold of every part of our culture and society today. Now, what's humanism? It's always trying to find a natural solution for a spiritual problem. And it, it doesn't work. It won't work. It just, it, it will mask it. It might give you some, some temporary relief. But for a spiritual problem, you need a spiritual solution. And Jesus provides that. The Word of God provides that. Are you hearing me? So if, you are, if you're trying to find only natural solutions to your fears and problems, you will, and I know I, I found this out, I'm sure many here listen to me on the radio and internet, you will live a very frustrating and disappointing life on this earth as a Christian. If you're only trying to work things in the natural and you neglect the spiritual side of things, you're, you're going to be totally frustrated, disappointed, fall into depression, and it's a slippery slope from there. Are you hearing me? But I want to show you from the Word of God that the Holy Spirit through David reveals the key to living a fear, fear-free life. How many of you like, would like to hear that today? The Holy Spirit just illuminated something in, in Psalms to me that I want to go over. But I want to remind you that this is only one piece of the puzzle. In a sermon, a pastor can't give exhaustive in every detail, Right? We don't have that much time, but how many of you know it's a piece of the puzzle? Every sermon that you hear is just one piece of the puzzle. All right? So with that in mind, let's go to Psalms 27. Psalm 27. And I want to start off with verses 1 through 3 this morning. A psalm of David here. 1 through 3. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
How many of you know when David said that through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's just as relevant today in the year 2007 than it was back then in the, in the days when the Word of God was written, right? Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Now, how many of you know David had many opportunities to fear in his life? And we, as humans also, we have the same opportunities to fall into fear, right? But listen, David made the choice to exalt God and his promises rather than the problem. And that is, is presented to us every day, every minute of our life as Christians. David realized that his help in the battle didn't come from anything in the natural, but it comes from God and him alone. Right? David made bold declarations of his faith in God. How, how was he able to do that? Let me ask you, how was David, David able to make such bold statements like that? Because he kept a pure heart before the Lord. I think this is the key and the secret to living a fear-free fear life. Keeping a pure heart. When David messed up and sinned, he repented and let go of the past. He didn't hold on to it. He was able to tap into and hold on to the mercy and the grace of God in his life that God extends to his people. Are you hearing me? Many Christians are giving uh, fear an open door in their lives because they're still trying to punish themselves about their past. And it, at first, it might be something hard to, to think about. Well, how can that connect? Well, just chew on it for, <laughs> for a while. Just chew on it for a while. They try... To these people who try to punish themselves, they try to view the mercy and grace of God from a natural human perspective instead of having faith in what God's word says. That God is faithful and just when we come to him to forgive us of our sins. When we confess our sin, we admit we sin. When we repent of our sins, when we turn around, right? But these people who hold on to, to the self-condemnation when a problem arises in their life, this is what they say. They might not say it with their physical mouth, but this is what they're saying in their heart. Are you ready for this? They say, why would God want to help me after I messed up so much in my life? So it's a, it's a self-punishing thing. And then fear becomes a stronghold in their life. Self-condemnation. When God says that he will forgive you, that he will throw your past sins in the deepest part of the ocean... And remember them no more when you confess and repent of your sins. That's what he means. See, the only way that you and I are going to be able to stand, boldly stand against fear, is to take God for what he says in his word. And allow us to see ourselves how God sees us through Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you right now, it's a lot different than how you view yourself in the natural. Right? If we, if we see ourselves as we see ourselves in Christ, that we sit with, with Christ in heavenly places. Are you hearing me? That's powerful. I know we, we just kind of casually read over Scripture and, you know, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, you read over it and it becomes more cliche instead of taking hold of the truth of what it says. We need to take hold of the truth. I'm talking about 
how to eliminate fear in your life. You've got to change your view on yourself. You've got to change your view on the Word of God. you just got to take God at His Word, right? Now, if we don't do that, the devil will always have an upper hand in our life. Always. And you will always fall into the mind trap games that the devil likes to play on Christians. The battlefield for the Christians in the mind. Have you figured that out yet? It's in the mind. If the devil can get your mind, if he can attack you, if he can change your view and twist it from what God says, what the Bible says about you, if he can twist the view of your situation and have you only focus on what you see, what your bank account says, what all this says, I mean, he's always going to get you. But if you're going to do what you can do in the natural and you stand on God's word, that's where our help comes from. David was bold because he trusted in God. He didn't trust in his natural abilities and strength. He was, he was not swayed by the natural circumstances. Uh, Psalm 27.3, listen to this. He said, and I read it earlier, it says, Though an army may encamp camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me in this, in what? Verse 1, I believe he's talking about, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. He says, I will. Say, I will. Be confident. See, your will's involved. What are you going to give into? Are you going to buy and give into the lies of the devil? Are you going to receive the package of the lies that he want, he's trying to deliver in your mind every day? Or are you going to believe what the Word of God says? And that's the importance of constantly feeding on the Word of God, reading the Word on a daily basis. That's the importance of coming to church. That's the importance of having fellowship with other believers, having Bible studies, hearing the Word of God, right? Psalm 27, 4. Let's read that together. It says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. Well, what is it, David? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Yeah. Here it is right here. This is where the rubber meets the road. David was seeking the Lord. He wanted to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, you can read through the Psalms. You can, you can see David's life. This was not just a five-minute devotional every night before going to bed. This was a lifestyle for David. And because of that lifestyle, David could turn and even look at his enemies and declare that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? See, this was David's life and purpose, to seek God. That was David's passion, to know the Lord more intimately. Hour by hour, minute by minute, seeking to know God more. Jesus told us that that was one of the keys to a satisfying and fulfilling life. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus just summed it up, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 33 through 34, Jesus said this, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry of its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. When, you say the, in, in, when Jesus said therefore in verse 34, the therefore is pointing to the previous verse. 
where he says, seek first the kingdom of God. We are to seek the giver and not the gifts. Jesus makes it very clear that if God is at the center of our life, if your motivation and purpose in life is to seek and to please your heavenly Father, everything else is going to fall into place in life. But many times we, we, we want to take the long road and we, we want to grab the steering wheel of our lives, don't we? Instead of just saying, God, you go ahead and drive. I'm just going to seek you. I'm going to put you at the center of my life. Go ahead, God. You just direct my life where you want it to go. Go to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 here. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5, I want to look at uh, verses 5 through 7. It says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, or to the older people. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he, God, cares for you. Because of David's humility before the Lord, and his heart motivation was to seek the Lord in his righteousness, he could effectively, I said effectively, cast his cares unto the Lord. How many know there's a time where you say you're casting your cares to the Lord, but you're not, you're holding on to them, <laughs> right? I'm talking about David, he could effectively cast his cares unto the Lord. I mean, it almost seems as if David knew that he was so pleasing to the Lord in his heart motivation to know God more. He knew he was so pleasing to the Lord that whatever he were to ask God for, that his request would be granted. My question is, do we have that confidence toward God today? I'll tell you, when you're in a place where you're, you're seeking the Lord and you know you're doing everything that you can do, you, you can just sense the Lord is well pleased with your life, can't you? And you know, come on, you know when the Lord is not well pleased with your life. Because we have the Holy Spirit who's trying to bring us back. He's trying to bring us into that place where we can, we can uh, be pleasing to God. Are you hearing me? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And you need to keep this in mind. You need to know that God cares more about you than you care about yourself. Have you ever thought about that? So the next time you fret about your problem, you need to know, hey, God cares more about me than I care more about myself. He cares more about this need being met than I care about this need. I tell you, that will set you free in itself. All God is asking for us as his people is to put him at the center of our lives. That's it. To put him at the center of our lives. All of the decisions we make, Every word that we speak, every action we take must run through the filter of God's word. Did you ever view the word of God as a filter before? The word of God is a filter. Let's let everything that we do, everything that we say, let's let it run through the filter of God's word. Amen? When we do that, I'll tell you, everything else will fall into place. 1 Peter 5, 5 says that God resists the proud but gives grace or unmerited favor to the humble. How many of you need favor in here today? We all should raise our hands on that one. Listen, humility simply means this, that you are yielding to God's way in your life. That you're being a doer of the word. Pride? Pride means that you are not uh, pride means that you are you're not seeking God 
but rather you're doing things your own way. You're, you, are you hearing me? That, that's a separation. Humility, you know, the world has a view of humility. The world says, oh, I'm just a rotten person. I did, uh, well, that's a false humility. That's not biblical humility, right? Anyways, God can see right through that. God can see through the words. He looks right at the heart, doesn't he? But biblical humility simply means that you're, you're allowing your life to be dictated by the word of God. You're allowing God, you, you're, you're yielding to your own way of doing things. You're saying, all right, God, I, I know what I, if I try to do anything in my own strength, it's not going to work. And in the B-I-B-L-E's basic instructions before leaving earth. Have you found that out yet? Amen. We need to follow God's instructions. And when you do that, the Bible says you're humble. You're humble. And when you don't do that, the Bible says you're prideful. And the Word of God says that God resists the pride. That word resist in the, in the, in the Greek literally, he's, he's pushing me away. See, because how many know pride is a sin? Pride is sin. Pride in the heart. That's how Satan, uh, Lucifer, who's now Satan, fell out of heaven. Pride in his heart. He didn't, Satan, or Lucifer at the time, didn't want to yield to God's way. He wanted his own way. I'll tell you, pride is very deceptive, isn't it? Very deceptive. Especially when we try to exalt our own will from the will of God. How foolish is that? Think about that now. How foolish. So, listen. Therefore, to eliminate all fear in your life, you must eliminate all pride in your life. A fearful person is a prideful person. Uh, just chew on it. Pride will cause God to resist you. God will not bless a prideful Christian. He won't do it. He won't do it. The Word of God says it. Pride, listen, listen to this. What else is pride? Pride will always seek an answer outside of God's Word. Always. You want to hear see a prideful person? You'll see a person who never wants to go into the Word of God and find out what God says about that issue. Pride, pride will cause you to look to the arm of flesh or in the natural for help, which will always breed fear and anxiety in your life. Always. Always. Humility, on the other hand, will cause you to seek God for wisdom in the trial that you're facing. Humility will cause you to draw strength from God's promises in your circumstances. Maybe you never viewed pride and humility in this light before. But humility, in a nutshell, if you just want to take just a quick sentence home with you about pride and humility, here it is. Humility recognizes that God is the boss. And pride says, I'm the boss. Simple. Forget all the theologian stuff. Let's just break it down to that. That's basically what it's saying. Psalm 27, verse 11, as I'm getting ready to close here. Those of you who aren't born again, you're getting a little taste of what hell's going to be like. Just a little taste today. It's hot in here, isn't it? Oh, and this isn't compared to anything. Amen? You need Jesus. You need Jesus, as Ray was saying earlier. Hallelujah. Psalm 27, verse 11. Listen to this. Talking about pride and humility now. Teach me. David said this to God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. David was teachable. Remember this. A humble person is always a teachable person. His desire was that every step that he took was ordered by the Lord. And that should be the heart cry of every Christian. Amen? 
So the key that I really wanted to get across today to you is how, on how to eliminate fear is we need to focus completely on God and His Word. He needs to be the center, the very center of our life. And as we stay focused on Him and His faithfulness, fear will not have any place to land in your life. Oh, I'm telling you, but, but if you want to focus on your problem, oh, I'm a pilot. Now, you're going to give your, that fear a big, long runway to land on. Amen? It'll land. Trust me. Fear is always looking. The spirit of fear is always coming around looking for a place to land and take hold, and especially to run a Christian in the muck. So instead of being filled with fear and anxiety, when you focus on God, when you make Him the center of your life, you will... Be filled with the peace that passes all understanding. The Bible has a supernatural way of separating you from fear and giving you peace in the midst of your storms of life. But we, like David now, we need to understand that our true help, our true freedom from fear can only come from the Lord. And when you're doing your part by seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, God will always come through you can never question God. He will always come through. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. But we need to do our part, don't we? Anything that we seek help and comfort apart from God is simply a mask and a false hope. We should, as Christians, now I want to close out on this. We as Christians should be able to boldly and confidently say like David in our time of need in every day, every moment of our life, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. If you agree with that, let's stand up in this place. I just wanted to share a brief word with you. And I felt the Lord wanted me to take it down this line, because I think many are struggling with fear. Fear is a very popular problem. Amen? Now maybe there's someone in here you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Now, if you're fearing about your eternal life, let me say that's a valid fear. That is a valid fear. And the only way to get rid of that, the only way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, today, today you can do that. I want you to come forward to this altar and make Him Lord of your life. Quit playing Russian roulette with your life because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath on this earth. And you need to know where you're going to go for eternity. Maybe there's someone in here, you've been a Christian for a while. You said the sinner's prayer a, a while back, a long time ago, or maybe not too long ago. And, you know, frankly, you didn't take it seriously. You, you have not been making Jesus Christ the center of your life. If that's you, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord today and have a new beginning, a new start, I want you to come forward and I want to have the privilege of praying with you today. If you're in this place and you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Oh, when you make Jesus Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit comes into your spirit, man. But the Bible speaks of a second experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want to have the privilege of praying with you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Maybe there's someone in here, you have, you have a physical problem. 
Maybe you have an emotional problem. Maybe you are tormented with fear. You're tormented with depression. Maybe you're one of those that Ray spoke about, about that girl who cuts, she was cutting herself. You see, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a natural solution to a spiritual problem. They're trying to get relief from this torment, and it's only found in Jesus. If that's you, I want you to come forward, and I want to pray with you to make just that declaration that Jesus is your Lord, and let's take care of the spirit of fear today in the name of Jesus. The rest of you worship the Lord today as this music plays. Thank you, Lord.
many can sing the praises of God because he's taken, wash, taken and washed your sins away. Oh, hallelujah. I love this song. Worship the Lord as it finishes.
Amen. Yes, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We recognize you as the Lord. You are our boss. Hallelujah. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You own a cattle on a thousand hills. Nothing's too hard for our God. He simply asks, he says, make me the center, the very center of every decision, every thought. Just include me. That's what he's saying. He's saying include me in every area of your life. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. Couple of announcements here. I forgot to mention we uh, our baptismal's up and running now. So if you have a desire to be baptized, if you've never been water baptized, come and see me. We'll put your name on a list, or Elizabeth. We'll put your name on a list, and we're going to get a ser- uh, baptismal service scheduled very soon. Um, also, I'm looking to form a committee, maybe five people or something like that, an outreach and evangelism committee. If that's something you really have a heart for that, I want you on that committee. You guys are going to formulate ideas and outreaches, and, and we're going to get something, some more stuff rolling. Amen? Amen? All right. Well, Wednesday night, we're back here seeing the John Bevere series, The Bait of Satan. Are you guys enjoying it, those who have come? It's wonderful. So 7 p.m. Wednesday night, Have a blessed week. If you're not here Wednesday, we'll see you on Sunday. Ray, thank you so much for coming. You're a blessing. Keep giving them the word. God bless you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.